show. All right, what's going on, everybody? Uh, wish that this was coming to you on a better um, day. Uh, this is Mike Dolce, host of Secrets of the Sire podcast. This is the Sire Spotlight. We get to do our New York Comic Con um, uh, editor's panel, courtesy of Comic Book School and Buddy Scalera. Uh, but some sad news right before we went live. Uh, Stan Lee uh, has officially passed away, or at least that is all the reporting and from reputable sources. We're not talking about fake news or anything like that. Um, to discuss what he did uh, is going to take a whole show. So Wednesday, we are going to devote our whole show to a celebration of Stan Lee. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't think anybody needs to say anything. I mean, he created or co-created. Um, I mean, he set the course for this person that you're staring at right now um, by creating all those characters. And um, you know, again, I don't think you can, I don't think you can take away uh, anything that he did. So, uh, I mean, not that you would. Uh, so we're going to celebrate his life. Um, I mean, Spider-Man. X-Men, Hulk, uh, Thor, Captain... Well, he didn't create Captain America, but brought him back. I mean, there's so many, so many heroes. And he's got such a such a history um, that I think it'll be a pretty cool uh, show to do. So, all right. Well, this show, though, is devoted to uh, that man on my right, which would be your... Well, it'll be your right also, actually, if you're staring. Mr. Buddy Scalera. Um, he lets us uh film and he lets us record from near comic-con we had a couple audio issues which is unfortunate because the video was pretty awesome next year we'll stream from there as well too um and we are going to talk editors panel says jimmy palmiati from left to right joe ryban and lisa hawkins joe ryban's been on the show lisa hawkins will be on the show in two weeks um and they just give you an in-depth of what it takes to be a comic book editor and it's it's really really cool stuff uh so i think i'm pretty excited i don't think we really need to do much except Get right into it. So this is the editor's panel from New York Comic Con, courtesy of Buddy Sclera. Go to comicbookschool.com. He's been a guest in the show. He'll be a guest in the show uh, for many, many uh, times coming up, too. So uh, enjoy. So that we, uh, we don't waste any time. Last panel was a little stuff to get started with. Um, the guy in the back there with the blue shirt. His name is Liam Devine. Everybody, Liam, yay! Um, he has free prizes for you that we will, uh, he will ha be handing out. Uh, I mentioned in the previous panel uh, that we have a sponsor, Marvi Uchida. They provide markers for our pros and they also provide them for you, which is pretty awesome. But one of the things that I'd like to note is that we get free stuff, but we will get more and more cool stuff for you guys only if you guys are sharing it on social, right? I love that everybody's taking pictures of the cool stuff, celebs and cosplayers, but we have to share and show that we value professional education. And in order for us to do that is we have to enable our social media account. So how many of you are on Twitter? Not that many. How many of you are on Insta? Something else, some other weird dark web that no one my age knows about. I guess Snapchatty or something. Listen, tag me, tag the con more than anything. Take photos of professional education so that people understand that are at home going, wow, I didn't know that existed, right? Like you have to let people know that this kind of valuable education exists. That's part of your responsibility. And you also get free stuff. So Liam's gonna hand out free stuff. Um, as we get started, I want to point out that when I used to work at Wizard, I had no budget, and I used to need to get things done, so I got 
interns. Uh, he's one of them. He started off, he was about five foot tall. You, uh, you grow a lot when you're an intern. He was actually an online intern. Um, but when I had interns in the wizard office, I used to number them. We would have up to three over the summer, three per editor. So I numbered mine because it would dehumanize them in case they were killed in an industrial accident in the wizard office, like an alligator ate them or something, or a pallet of comics fell on them. I wouldn't feel bad because I didn't really know them. They were just a number. Uh, so the interns used to actually compete who got to be intern number one that week, and uh, they would try to outdo each other. Uh, they made that part of the game up. But now I have an intern for comic book school, and I'd like to welcome and have you welcome Ariel, the new intern number one. The new intern number one. We're going to show some of Ariel's work, um, and we're going to uh, run through a couple things. But don't forget, there's a panel right after this. It's called Creator Connection. It's a great one for networking. Woo! Yeah, that's. You can do better than that. Woo! Okay. So let's get started. We're on editors and editing. Our sponsors are uh, General Pencil and Marvi Uchida. Uh, as you get those markers, please tag Marvy Uchida, tag New York Comic Con, make it a special thing. Uh, I'm Buddy Scalera. You can find me on all the social networks at Comic Book School, at comicbookschool.com, and don't forget your hashtag, which is MYCC. Uh, I am a comic book educator. Uh, for those of you who are familiar, I have uh, published six books and three CD-ROMs, mostly a photo reference, but also a little bit about the craft and business of comic book publishing. I've also written a couple of comic books including one from one of the editors here. So we'll talk about that as we go. Um, I have a new comic book called Apocalypse Boulevard. Feel free to clap for that. And since we were talking about intern number one, intern number one is an animation student. And I have decided to, sh uh, that's right, she's an animation graduate. So we are going to take one minute and I'm gonna show you a quick trailer for Apocalypse Boulevard created by intern number one. There's no audio. Where's the audio? No audio? I got no audio. What? Why is it muting? One last try, and then we'll show you after the panel. Let's hear it for intern number one. All right. She did a great job. Does anybody remember how I get this thing to run again? All right. All right. We're going to do this. Start from current slide. Okay. So now we're in the actual part of our panel. Editors on editing. We're going to just jump right to editor. Okay. Um, so editors on editing. I'd like to introduce uh, someone I've known for a very long time uh, since uh, 
my wizard days. We met during uh, the early days of Wizard when he was uh, working at Dynamic Forces, or not Dynamic Forces, another. No, it was Dynamic, Dynamic Forces. I was at Wizard for a bit, too. Were you? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. I've been everywhere. Have you? I don't yeah. think this. Oh, no, it's not. Never mind. Sorry. <laughs> 17 years at Dynamite Comics, uh, which he has um, helped literally define the publishing line and the voice of the entire company. He has uh, worked uh, to bring uh, original properties and licensed properties to life and brought a level of quality that typically we had not seen with licensed properties. Please welcome the editorial director of Dynamite Entertainment, Joe Rivan. My next guest, um, you gave me one of my, some of my first work at Marvel Comics. Thank you very much. I really appreciate that. Um, actually, uh, she gave a lot of uh, aspiring writers and creators an opportunity to try their stuff uh, and was uh, really has helped launch so many careers. Uh, she worked at Marvel. She worked at DC. She took a short break. Uh, welcome back, uh, editor at Valiant Comics, Lisa Hawkins. Okay. So this is an editor's on editing panel. I'm going to have some questions prepared, but if at any point someone feels like they want to ask a question, go over by Glenn, who's standing over here, and we'll get your question answered. Because since we don't have that many microphones, you'll just have to get up and move. It's very interactive, okay? Um, so what's your philosophy of being an editor? We'll start with you, Joe. What's your philosophy of being an editor, and how do you approach editing? Um, and by that, I mean, are you a very strong forward editor that has your vision and they follow that vision or are you trying to articulate the vision of the creators or is it something of a mix of both because you're also working on many licensed properties? Yeah, it's um, right person for the job and then stand of the way. Uh, literally, I mean, I could I, be a very short panel if it was just me because that would be it. Um, but because we do so much stuff, there are a lot of uh, layers. It's very important, particularly on the writing end, to start with the right person that has the right vision for the property that aligns with both the licensor and the publisher, and that can also deal with, if you're dealing with a difficult licensor, um, changes that come down the pipe. Um, and when it came to uh, creating original content, we're probably, our probably biggest original content would be The Boys, um, which will be on uh, Amazon next year. Um, you know, that was just making sure that Garth had what he needed when it came to the artists that worked on the book, the letter, the colorists that worked on the book, the letters that worked on the book, and all that. So it was really much more a trafficking position to some extent because it was Garth's book. Um, so really both. And again, that's also about the right people for the right job. So. Now, now, Lisa, um, you've worked at all the publishers, at least in the New York area. So you probably have a lot of experience in different editorial styles. What's your style, and then what editorial values do you bring now, Valiant, uh, as the editor there? Well, um, sorry, can you hear me? Uh, well, I agree with Joe, actually. I, I, I believe the right person, you should get the right person for the job. However, there are times when you, uh, the editorial, um, has a mindset of what they want to bring to the property and the, a direction that they want to go. And in that, that case, you kind of need to steer towards something. Um, I, yeah, so I, I would steer it towards something if need be, but I, I, my, my style of editorial, um, I, I like the Marvel method. I really, I'm a big fan of the Marvel method. 
Um, I believe that creators should have as much power to do whatever they need to do in the book, from the artist to the to the pencil uh, to the writer. You know, it should be shared. You know, yeah, I agree with that. It should be shared. It should be shared. Now, before we get into the inevitable questions about breaking in, because that's what half the audience will want, the other half wants to know about being an editor. Lisa, how do you keep your editorial skills sharp? Let me try that again. <laughs> Buddy, take two. Lisa, how do you keep your editorial skills sharp? Like, what do you do as in your personal life, in your private life? What do you do to keep your skills sharp? Because I know once you get into the office, it's just a, probably a fire drill of tracking well, things down you know, and keeping things on track. Basically, read. Read, read, read. Watch a lot of stuff on television because I find myself looking at a television show and editing it and saying, "Oh, what was wrong with that there?" You know, or, and then if I can figure out a better ending, oh well, that's really bad. <laughs> so you'll, you know. you'll find that you ruin a lot of things for yourselves, isn't it? Absolutely. absolutely, that's absolutely yeah. right. I, I can't. I, <laughs> And forget about the Marvel movies. I'm constantly going, oh, no. You know, or, oh, my God, that's so wonderful. <laughs> you know? How about you, Joe? What do you do to keep sharp as an editor? Yeah, I guess we're just going to um, complement each other's uh, existence here because I do the same thing. It's, it's, it's a lot about reading. The only, the only and I don't know if you would elaborate on this, but I, try to, I tend to read more nonfiction than fiction. Um, to, you know, I, and I do tend to stay away from some of the genre stuff and watch, you know, real-world stuff or... Um, more real-world based stuff than genre stuff. We don't do, we don't do a traditional superhero series. We do some things in the superhero space, um, and I think that the the reality of it is out there, whether it's televised entertainment or movies or uh, nonfiction, are things that you can bring into that type of work that make it more grounded in today's world. Um, and yeah, I, I can't watch a single. There, there are very few shows. Even Breaking Bad, you know, which is one of the greatest, you know, people think one of the greatest. I mean, I was all over that thing, watching it, going, what, are, you know, from, from episode one. You know, like, why would they do this? Why aren't they doing this? Um, so uh, you do tend to ruin a lot of things for yourself. You can't turn it off, right? No, 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 no you can't. <laughs> and, and also, I think it's important, I think this is important for anyone that wants to be in the business, is to stay in touch as much, well, it's very, it was a lot easier when I started, but it's very difficult now to stay in touch with what's going on in pop culture in general. I mean, we, we live in a pop culture world. I have two kids and try to tap into what, you know, what their, what's going on in their world. Um, it becomes more and more difficult as things progress. You mentioned all the various social media. There's a ton of social media. I don't know what it is, um, you know, but just stay immersed in reality. Don't get, don't go down, uh, don't, don't get in a bubble of just Superhero comics are just comics in general. It's what's the what's the danger of that? Just because I think sometimes we hear that, but what does that really mean? Unpack what you just said. Which don't just get involved with superheroes well, and reading comics. Yeah, again, I think I think a lot of what you see and the people that break through um, into a different zone than the rest of the creative world, uh, someone like Tom King or Scott Snyder, they have brought something from outside in. And that's something from outside was not just knowing the entire Silver Age history of Marvel, yeah. mm -hmm. you know. Um, and those, uh, there's other examples. Tom's just top of mind because um, uh, he worked in the CIA. I mean, he's got a fascinating resume, you know, and he's actually probably a, a rarity in, to, to that extent. But um, outside, bring the outside world in. I think that's what they started doing when comics started, you know. So um, don't, just, don't just stay in the circle of comics. I listen to NPR. <laughs> and I think that's important, though, because bringing the real world into comics in a, in a fantastical way, sure. you know, um, just makes it more, more deep. 
more meaningful and the stories with truth this month in all things considered yes exactly <laughs> so lisa just talking about bringing things from the outside you, you you're a you're a boomerang to the business what did you bring back now what's your perspective how has your well, when perspective I was, changed when i when i took my hiatus i was teaching comics to kids so you know it was a totally different you know place i was i was i was teaching young people to be enthused about comics and how to make a comic and it was thrilling to see their excitement um, and i'm talking about elementary school kids you know not you know little, little kids and they were digging it and they wanted more and i was just like wow that's so wonderful because when i was in comics before i felt like only 40 year old men were reading it and now look at these kids you know and so there's a whole generation out there that's dying for it but what did you learn what else did you pick up that you've learned since you have come back, like you live, you worked in the outside world. Like yeah. Joe was, you know, worked straight through 17 years, which has one perspective. What's your perspective as somebody who who boomeranged back and did different experiences? Yeah, well, what's changed? It's what's changed? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that. Well, a lot's changed. Uh, I mean, it, it's it's a whole new world. You know, when I was when I was at Marvel, we were just changing over into digital, and now everything is digital. Um, and it blew my mind not too, too long ago to realize that people could ink off of, you know scans i couldn't believe that <laughs> how could they do that um but it was it's very exciting all of the new things are very exciting and there's just so many more things to explore so many more avenues to explore now and and stories that would never be told before that people are are you know are doing they're telling these great stories pushing yeah, the, the envelope the, the industry has never seen more diversity mm -hmm. of content and diversity of creative than ever before. I mean, there's it's it's as wide open as it's ever been, yeah. and I've been That's in it good. for a pretty long, pretty long time, but not as long as some, but a pretty long time. Um, and it's never been more diverse in in all fashion. So, which is great, you know. I mean, that's you know, there's something for everyone. Why do you think that there is this burgeoning diversity that we didn't have for many years, and now you're starting to see now? I I think the companies shifted. Um, the market shifted, technology shifted, um, society shifted. You know, I think everything just shifted. I mean, you know, um, uh, everything has evolved. And I think the attention to the movies yeah. has really brought, you know, so many more people in to, into, into our playground that just weren't interested before. But now they're like, wow, that's cool. Which had, which had, which had last happened for those that were around in about 1988, 89 with the, with the Burton Batman. That was, I worked retail at the time, and that was... Uh, that was kind of similar, not nearly on the scale of what you see now, mm -hmm. but that was kind of the first kind of opening of the floodgates. Like, you know, when, when you bring in these characters, whether whether people read the comics or not, everybody knows, I think I think the Mickey Mouse and Spider-Man are the two most recognizable characters on the planet. You know, something like that, Batman, Spider-Man, something, something like that, but up there with Disney, mm -hmm. with Mickey. Um, so even if you don't go, know what a comic book story is, you don't know what a comic book is, um, you know, your your awareness is way up just because of what's going on everywhere. Mm -hmm. So thoughts on process. Um, I have you, no thoughts on process. <laughs> script comes in. What do you do? Are you cracking it open and analyzing it? You're breaking it open and reading it on the screen, printing it. What are you looking for? Are you marking it up? And as an editorial person, depending on if it's a one-shot or a five-issue miniseries or an ongoing, what are some of the thought process? Pick it up anywhere you want, but how do you work? It's really a way of working question. Uh, 
Well, I'm with Joe. If you, if you find the right person, you pretty much don't have to do too much with it. Yeah. I mean, that that's my goal is that I never want to put right on my page. Right. You know, um, if I have to, I have to. You know, I'm certainly going to tell pers a person if, if, if I need them to, to do something for the integrity of the character or the integrity of the script to, to make the change. But you know, I, I want, I, I put the creators there to do their creating for the most part. Um, I, I'm thrilled that I got a great script last night. I'm like, oh, I don't have to do anything with this now. So I just pass it off to everybody else to approve and it's done. Yeah, um, and, and it's it's not always about, you know, I, I think that, for especially for someone that wants to think about breaking in, right person for the job doesn't necessarily mean someone that's been doing it forever. Correct. Um, there have been several writers that I've worked with that hadn't written comics, that they were the right people for the job and they had the skills, they just had them. And to kind of elaborate on your question, I mean, you know, I think I think the world, Dynamite and Valiant are two very interesting examples because Valiant is a is a self-contained, you know, superhero type universe, and and you've got different things all moving in conjunction, whereas Dynamite has a million different things moving in a million different directions that never intersect. Um, so in some cases, with a licensed property, it's about an outline than a script. You know, it's so it's making sure that that outline is approved if you have to deal with Universal or Sony or, or we publish the James Bond comics or the Flemings in, in the UK. Um, and then that script is really just making sure that you're on the path to whether it's a five issue series or, or a finite series or whatever it is, that you're on the path that there's enough going on in that, that you're ending where you want it to, that you're ready to pick up with issue two from the ending of issue one, that, that there's enough in there. Um, that also, you know, to dive a little further into it, Depending on who the artist is, whether it plays to the artist's strengths, whether there's spots in there um, that you're going to need to massage with the artist because it's a very it's a very text-heavy script, or there's not a lot of action, or there's no splashes, or there's no spreads, you know. Um, so each one is unique in that sense, but it's it's all about it's it's a, it's a thousand times easier with the right person, a professional, and again, that doesn't have to be someone that's been doing it forever. When I look at a script, I always ask myself, where does this push the character forward? Where where is this going to leave our character in? the Valiant universe. Um, and, you know, are we going to add to the character? We need to we need to develop it a little bit more. You know, why else do it if not, you know, if not to further push our character, push our world, and, you know, make it more exciting, you know? Yeah. So, how many of you here are writers? How many of you here are artists? All right, so 50-50 split. Let's ask a writer question. Harder question. Writers breaking in. Give us some thoughts about writers who want to break in. You guys are probably inundated at your booths and your e email addresses. Talk to us about the rights and the wrongs. And also, you have a rarefied event, four days under the same roof together. Right. Thoughts about people breaking in right and wrong uh, things. Lisa, you want to jump start? Sure. Uh, my suggestion is get to know everybody. You know, really get to know people, go up to their booths, talk to people, ask their opinions, be friendly, um, and, and ask to submit something. And most people will say, sure, show me something. That's it. Open the door. You have to open the door for, for the communication. Um, and then accept criticism. If somebody gives you, you know, you know, somebody tells you you have to kill your darlings, kill your darlings, because it's not working for whatever the pitch is. And remember, you're not playing with your own characters; you're playing with somebody else's, and they have to be. I have to be the advocate for my character. You know, if you want to come in there and take my character to that next level, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be your advocate to do that. 
but you have to be true to the character. Right. Wait, before we go on to the next thing, what does it mean to accept criticism? Well, um, you know, you might hear something that you don't want to hear, like it's not working, the story's not working, or that you need to flush out more, or you have to, you know, give up something that you might not want to give up. You know, I've gotten a lot of pitches before from people who have given me great pitches, and it's like, well, this is a wonderful story, but it's not the story I need. You know, and can you give me a, this story? Um, and they'll send me back a revision, and it's still the story that they gave me the last time. And that's the person that's not accepting what I'm hearing, it, it, or what I'm trying to tell them, teach them. Uh, and it's not that that story was bad, it was just not what I was, I needed. Yeah, I think also be prepared to accept silence. Um, you know, silence, silence ultimately sometimes is your answer. Um, and that's not, that's not something to be offended by, and that's not something to take personally, but um, I get a lot of stuff, and I can't get back to everyone, you know, and the silence is the answer. It's not always the answer, um, and don't give up. You know, I think, I think in this day and age, there's no excuse for anyone that's an aspiring writer or artist uh, to be published, and that doesn't mean you have a comic at Marvel. That just means you can have a digital comic, you can publish it yourself. That's whatever, right. you, whatever you need to do, because quite honestly, if you're a writer trying to break in, you sending me a script of a character I don't know, uh, a book I don't know, uh, by the same token, you sending me a Spider-Man script that you wrote, that doesn't do me any good either. You know, um, put it in motion. Get an artist friend. Whatever you need to do, there is no reason to not be published in 2018. Somewhere we're in, in 2018, going into 2019, um, because you know that's a better example than you know, or a book. I mean, if you're a novelist, that's a whole different thing. You know, which is, you know we've we've I've worked with plenty of novelists um, that have turned that have come to comics. You know, Ben Percy, who was writing Nightwing. Uh, as a novelist, uh, we, we also do a lot of adaptations of, uh, of books into uh, comics. So get published, get a friend, get it in front of everybody, and and be cool. Like just don't don't be don't be don't be a pain. Yeah, you know? that's um, very true. And that that goes to showing professionalism. That goes to showing the very basics of human functioning in the, in society. You know, <laughs> just just be cool. Wait, just go back to something. I think it's really sure. important. There, you guys understand that you can self-publish anything. You can get it on digital. You can put it as a PDF. You can do a short run of your book. I have a short run of my book, and I'll just be transparent. I printed enough copies to give it to editors that I make. I have no intention of publishing it for reels. It's just for me to be able to give it out as a portfolio piece. But the question I see, and I hear from other writers and other artists, artists say, well, the script wasn't very good that I was working from. And then writers say, well, that artist wasn't very good. How willing are you to look past the complete package to get to what the person wants to show you? So a writer sometimes can only afford to work with an artist who will work with an well, indie. Well, for a sample like that, I wouldn't be looking at the art at all. Right. I would be just reading the story right. you know, and, and envisioning who I would put as the artist on it. Um, also, we, there's so many indie companies right now. There's so many places to get yourself seen. Um, when when I was looking for a writer for Birds of Prey, I looked at Killer Princesses and, and I said, Gail Simone, who is this Gail Simone? I like Killer Princesses. Next thing I know, I hired her for Birds of Prey and she was wonderful. What about the flip side? 
there's a lot of artists who are suffering through scripts from amateur writers. Well, again, you know, the artists have an advantage right off the bat. It's a visual medium. So when I pick up a comic book, I'm looking at the art. I'm not looking at the words. You know, that, that's what gets me first, is if I like the art. If I don't like the art, but the, but the first page captures me because the words are so, oh my gosh, I, I need to find out what happens on the next page, then they've sold me already. Yeah, good, good art can also cure a variety of ills as well. Mm -hmm. That's right. uh, Just like good coloring can can fix a lot of art. And, you know, there's everything is a process, you know, um, and everything complements each other. And and, and it really just depends. It it is easier for an artist to walk up with a portfolio than it is for a writer, especially Mm -hmm. someone that's trying to get started. It's a lot easier for an artist because, again, the the shortcut is right there. Here's your portfolio, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, And I will say from the portfolio reviews, I do. Put your newer stuff first. <laughs> Everyone's got a big portfolio, and it's usually like, oh, I think this is my best stuff. Just, just show me, you know, show me front or back to front, front to back. How many pages? You know, I don't know. You can, you can usually tell in three to five, maybe five to ten. And, you know, and, and it is interesting to see the older stuff to be like, oh, okay, here's where they came from. You know, I've done portfolio reviews at the Kubert School, um, and that's kind of the method that they do. They said they show what they did at the beginning of the, the session through to the, the most recent, you know, when the your most recent work should be your best. You know, I mean, I don't think there's any good reason for your most recent work to be your worst. <laughs> unless, unless oh. of course, um, they change styles. That's true. If, if sure. they have yeah. a bunch Actually, of different yep. styles yep. to show, then yep. I want to see all of their different right. styles because I might not want the dark and gritty, but I might want the right. cartoony one for something. Right. Absolutely. Depending on sure. the project. Sure. For now, sure. thinking through artists breaking in, um, a lot of artists mistakenly believe that they get their first assignment, they can go quit their day job, and that's it. They're on their, see. Talk about, give them a dose of reality. Explain what it is when an artist gets that first experiment ex- well, assignment, and then when do they, when are they going up and accepting the Eisner? The, the only thing, the only thing I'll say that you're right, you can't, you can't get started and quit your day job, but you can't get started, keep your day job, and not deliver on a deadline. So it's kind of a chicken and an egg. You know, I would never advocate someone just starting out, you know, quitting their job just to do comics because you never know, right? But um, for the most part, looking for five page, five to six pages a week, you know, 20, 22 pages in four weeks. If you can do that and do your day job, great, you know, but that does not sound like a lot of fun to me. Um, but if you've got the drive and that's your goal, you're going to have to do that, you know, and if you're married and have kids and you factor, you know, it's, it does not sound like a good, and it's not going to just all go away after that first month, you know, because you're going to, it's going to be three to six months before that rhythm develops and more work starts to come from that, you know, so, or, or longer. That's right. Anything to add, Lisa? Um, Hopefully this isn't too doomy. <laughs> no, no. No, it's hard. It's a, it's a hard industry to, to survive. Um, it is. You know, there are there are those that, that make it, and it's great, you know, but, but a lot of people are struggling. I just spoke to somebody today who, interestingly enough, um, I brought in as an intern to Marvel Comics, and he's still working there now. Um, and he's a wonderful artist. I, I, I gave him work as well. Um, but he's, he's wonderful, and he still has, he's got a successful book, but he doesn't want to give up his job because it's a, he's got a child, yeah. and he's got bills to pay. Lisa, great point, and, and, and same with you, Joe. Uh, we've all known each other for a long time. 
you gave me some early work. Joe, we've worked together and collaborated on many of these things. How important is networking and relations in the comic book business? It's crucial. Yeah, it's, it's, you know. it's changing though too, you know. Um, but it is crucial, but it is changing, you know, just like everything else is changing. Obviously, this is a bad example because this place is a, is a mob scene out there. But there's so many conventions, and it's not quite the same as it was. Um, and a lot of networking is done in different ways. You know, you see a lot of people get started online that, you know, I, I think one of the most one of the most famous within the last 10, 15 years was, was Warren Ellis's forum, which got the careers going of a lot of people. You know, um, Kieran Gillen, uh, Matt Fraction, a whole bunch of people that were all like-minded on, on Warren's forum that ended up doing projects together and getting it started. They never, you know, maybe they maybe they set foot in a convention every once in a while, but that's not how they got going, you know. Um, but it is, this is still a prime way of getting in front of people. You know, there is still the, the very tangible aspect of, of getting in front of people. Get an internship. I'd also like to jump in, and, and, and I think uh, probably it's worth noting, uh, somebody once asked me advice, how do you break into comics, and how did you break in as a writer? And I've never had a pitch accepted. Um, really, just a cold pitch has never been accepted. Um, my advice has been, and continues to be, close the bar. We Joe Casada has been sharing photos from the early 90s yeah. Yeah. of the early days yeah. of comics, and you look in the background, and there, you know there's Lisa and Joe and me mm -hmm. and whomever is popping up. I don't drink um, alcohol at all, but I'll close the bar, I'll drink a lot of seltzers, but some of the best conversations happen 12, 1, 2 in the morning in openers, and, and what was the downstairs one that was in the oh, village? Yeah. That they locked the door. Yeah, if, the yeah. if you were in, you were in, right? Yeah. It was like an after hours bar. So building those relationships, even if you don't think these people can help you, sometimes becomes just a relationship of somebody who's your biggest cheerleader. So build those relationships. The next panel will be talking about networking, but I always tell people, close the bar. I know you're tired, and I know you have to get up for work tomorrow, but you may never have another opportunity to be hanging out and just talking with people who are in your exact same tribe and share the same values. So um, there's also a networking. Uh, we'll be talking about that after this tomorrow and, and Saturday. So please definitely keep in mind that networking is hugely important. So we, I think we have our first question. What's your name? Sasha. Sasha? Hi. Hi. Um, my question is, you guys mentioned how having a good team is the key um, to good editing and everything. My question mostly is, when you have that good team, how how like how often do you just pass it along when you get the script, or do you look like really look at it, or do you just pass it because you know it's good? Or are you talking about having an internal team like associates and, and, or, and assistants? Are you talking about, you talking about the creative team? Creative team, a good creative team. Um, like from writer to, um, do they do they show you it and then they are they okay to pass it to the artist or no. are you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you, you. Doesn't work that way. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's you know it it goes the the communication between the writer and the team uh, develops as the process develops, but the the writer you should never send the script you know to the to the. Uh, to the editor and the artist at the same time, or to the artist, uh, you know, the, it's got to go. It's got to come from me or someone that works at the company, and then go, because because it has to be cleared, you know, just whether it's an internal clearance or an external clearance, whatever it is, notes given, whatever, even whether they're minor, or they're major, whatever, um, and deadlines have to be discussed with that with that artist. Um, so it's it's part of the, the, that's what the process is. 
And when the pencils come in, you know, it's my job then to look at the pencils and make sure that it's doing yeah. its job. It's 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 got all of the, the panels and everything that it's the, that the, the script is asking for. It's all there and present. And if the writer wants to be engaged at that point, some do, some don't. You share artwork as it's mm -hmm. coming in. It really depends on what the project is, who the writer is. Mm -hmm. um, I'd say nine times out of ten, the writer wants to see what's going on. There's very few exceptions of, of the writer that's Absolutely. just going to like say do whatever. Joe, a quick question, and Lisa, same thing. Um, you guys just talked about deadlines. What's the They're importance? They're very important. Incredibly important. <laughs> <laughs> if you can't meet your deadline, you have to be honest. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and, and as quickly as I've possible. I've heard every single excuse ever from yeah. now until infinity. And Me what's too. the best way that someone can tell you that they might not be able to hit that deadline? What are your thoughts? Exactly that way. What's yeah. your thoughts? I, I can't. Just, I can't hit. I can't hit my deadline. I need another day. I need another week. Whatever's going they on. They have to be honest. Yep. You know, if they give me an excuse, then I'm going to write them off. You know, if, if, they, if, if unless I know that they're telling me the truth, they have to be truthful with me. Excuses are not reasons. Mm -mm. No. Um, no, no, the things happen. Life happens. Yeah. It gets in the way. People, you know, tragedies happen and people need to take the time off. That's fine. You know, the, the, the script that I got in yesterday that I'm so pleased about, it was supposed to be in the day before. But he said, I'm so sorry, I can't make this deadline. And I said, and I said, fine, that's fine. Give it to me the next day. And he gave it to me the next day, and we're fine. Yeah. Hey, everybody, it's Jimmy Palmiotti, who just stopped Jimmy in. Palmiotti. So by a, by a snafu of scheduling, uh, Jimmy is uh, in two panels at the same time. Right. Uh, the other one is ruining it over there. Yeah. So... Um, Everybody, Jimmy Palmiotti, he's a writer, he's worked on uh, everything from Marvel, everything from DC, he's been an editor, he's been a mentor to all of us, and uh, really was yeah. responsible for helping me break in and do my first work at Marvel. So for that alone, give him a round of applause. Yay! Uh, hi, uh, my name's Jonah. Um, this is from a slightly different angle. Um, as someone who may want to be an editor, uh, what are some qualities or, um, I don't know, experiences, things on a resume, um, if you're hiring, you know, an editorial assistant or someone along those lines, uh, what are some things that might jump out at you as someone who would make a good candidate? Um, well, story. You know, I, I'd want to know what your, your background is. I mean, your college, if you, you know, if you are, were you a writer, were you a journalist, were you, a, I was a history major, but I, I, I studied, I studied ancient history, specifically mythology, which I believe comic books are, are modern myths. So I walked right into it, you know? So yeah, it would be, what's your, what's your background, you know? Um, and I, I'm going to be upfront. I think the best way to get into editorial is get in through the back door, get, get in, become an intern. Yeah. Because interns become assistants, assistants become editors. Yeah, we haven't actually, our intern program has produced more people in our production department than it has editorial. We've been fortunate in the sense that, well, fortunate is maybe not the right word, but when, when, DC, when DC moved out of New York, there were people that did not move with them, so we brought on some people that were already in editorial um, into, uh, into Dynamite. But I think that the internship probably works better in, in that system. Mm -hmm. for sure. I, I would also yeah. check your social media. That would be me. I would check all your past social media. See if you're an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> Clean it up. <laughs> see if you're abrasive. See if you, you know. See how what your thinking is. Get to know you. Um, social media is great for that. If you don't believe stuff, we'll get to know you real quick. Um, it has a lot to do with if I have to work with somebody for a while, 
and looking at the, you know, fighting for every little thing, or the, you know, it, it has a lot to do with your personality, and it gives us a good insight without actually even having to be with you in the room. Right. So it's something to keep in mind. Ten tenacity, tenacity is a strength with with editorial, but it can go, you know, can go, <laughs> go too far. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. That's right. Uh, my name is Jake, and I had a question. You kind of talk about uh, working with either first-time writers, first-time artists, versus kind of highly developed, you know, people like a Garth Ennis or a Warren Ellis. How much, and then you kind of talk about letting the writer basically do their own thing. Do you find that you have a harder time kind of pulling the editor card with a bigger name? Sure, sometimes. Yeah, yeah I mean, but that's... It, it depends on the relationship and it depends on the project. You yeah. know, um, you know. again, to talk about something like The Boys, that was Garth's book. I mean, my only notes were potential concerns with uh, whether it be content, just, and not that we weren't gonna do it, but just to say, you know, we should all be aware of what this, and it was a very extreme book. Um, and also really just, again, to work with Garth on what it means for the schedule, you know. Um, but I can't think of, real notes I gave. Now when we worked with Warren on um, on Bond, it was a little bit different. You know, there were some notes, but they weren't, again, he, he was hired, he was hired to do it because of who he is, you know, and it was really more just some 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 house cleaning type stuff. It wasn't anything about his story because his story was fully formed. You know, that's why we hired him. So Let them be them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and, and that that's, because that's who those guys are. You know. Brock doesn't like notes. <laughs> <laughs> Not one. No. Well, um, for the writers, for the most part, um, my top end, my top end writers don't. I don't need to give them notes right. because they're doing what I'm, I need them to do. Um, I have given direction to artists. One um, notably was Bill Sankevich, did uh, did a Batgirl issue for me many years ago, and he gave her heels. And this was the young Batgirl, Cassandra. And I said, mm -mm 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 -mm, you've got to take those heels off. He's like, but I like them. I was like, I don't care. You know. So he had to redraw the page. Right. You know, or Right. <laughs> yeah. All right, thanks. Um, good evening. Hi. Uh, guys. Uh, my name is Chris. Um, I wanted to know, uh, I've gone to some cons before, and I know some people look for a sequential story art. Um, I do have one or a few that I'm in the works with, but if I didn't have any sequential story art on me, is there a way that I can present you guys, or just, you know, in general, like artwork, or whether it be an Instagram page, or whether it be pages or things on my tablet, would I still have a shot? Yeah, of course. Yeah, just don't. Submissions. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Easy. You know? Just, no, just no, don't. I, I ask because, um, you know, because I know that was like an emphasis, you know, a lot. I can understand, you know, the, the whole comic page and having that. But I just want to know, like, if people get a chance to actually, like, look at your art and sub it, if they like it or they don't, like, would well, that even what, what I've seen, what I've seen a lot of in doing portfolio reviews is a lot of pinups and a lot of covers. You're not going to get hired out of the gate as a cover artist. I mean, it's just you know. So you mentioned sequentials there at the start. It is about sequentials, but figure out a way to present it. it doesn't have to be a physical presentation of, of paper and ink, but figure out a way to present it that I'm not searching for it. You know, that, that it's all whatever whatever you want to put that it's all there, and it can be done electronically. It can be done in person. It can be done in a million different. Hi, um, I'm Jack. I wanted to know, after all of your years of editing, what are your most frequent criticisms of writers? Like, what are the pitfalls you prefer they avoid? Or what kind of
kind of criticisms keep repeating over the years. <laughs> and understanding the character, not just reinventing it, but understanding what came before. And if you can reinvent it, you have to know what came before. You can't just throw it out there and say, I have a lot of people that at the time when I was editing was like, here's my take. And I'm like, okay, but well, you know, my fault is that we'll speak. Right? And, you know, things like that. So it, and be aware of what you're, you're doing. Absolutely. No, that's, that's right. Yeah, I, I think in addition to that, I, I think the thing that, that a lot of writers fall into is the overcommitment to work um, and not able to meet deadlines as a result. And if a writer isn't writing, the whole thing is foobar. You know? um, and because it's, I mean, there's there's very little to do. I've, it, it's, with, with the projects that, that I've worked on that we've done, replacing the writer has almost never been a viable option. You know, just depending on what it is, it's like the, the it's it's Defcon, Defcon one, the bad one. It's whatever you know. It's 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 so um, yeah. But but it's it's easier it's easier to swap out an artist or it's easier to swap out a colorist. It's easier to swap out almost anything else than than the writer at some point. So you know, and sometimes that comes from an overcommitment of work um, and that's not able to meet deadlines. You know, because it just grinds the whole thing to a to a stop. Hello, nice to meet you. My name is Julian. I'm a writer. Mm. I write my first novel, my first book. Um, I'm, I'm Spanish. And I'm, I'm paid in my country for my 51st page of the novel. I love the fantasy. But I need support. I need to get the best thing I can offer. How can I do that? I need support. I have so many ideas for writing. So you write you write in your native country. You've been published. I come in. I write before them. Okay, come in here. I come in here for sell my book. Uh -huh. so I want to sell my stories like a novel fantasy, like a Marvel. Did you translate it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> I didn't want to speak I the English. So much. I work in so hard for. Yeah. Good. Good. Yeah. Good. I pay, but I, I let maybe three hundred more. I have right. so many. Uh, Slow, slow down, yeah. Slow, slow, slow it down. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, Jimmy could probably speak more to this, but you know, find that one or two and work the hell yeah, out of them. Yeah, right? and, and a good writer has a thousand things going on. Find the one that's to you, you know, that means something to you. Yeah. Focus on that. Make that the best you can, and go out with that. Because when it, it's hard when somebody comes up to you and says, "I have three hundred ideas." I, usually that means I have to go. I, yeah. I can't listen to 300 I don't have 300 minutes. minutes. Right, but I, have, but I have like one great idea. The yeah. best thing I can do, you push that. That's what you push first. That's okay. right. If you have a great Superman story, you know, write that Superman story and pitch it over to DC. And then you can, if that, if you become, you know, a household name with DC, you can bring your own stories in. Yeah. Yeah. I hope this is one. Maybe two if you can't help yourself. Yeah. I showed you before. After this, I sent some email or something. Sure. Money, go up. Sure. Thank you so much. Of course. Thank you. Yeah. As the next question comes up, how do people get things into your hands? 
Hundred dollar bill. We we have a we have a submissions page on our website. Yes, so does Valiant. You know, and it goes it goes right to me. Um, goes to a couple of other people in the editorial as well. So. <laughs> hey, uh, uh, first of all, thank you for doing this panel. My name is Havana. I work on a comic called Kamikaze. And Joe, your advice about self-publishing really resonated with me. Um, that's kind of what we've been doing with our comic. And we're trying to figure out, okay, what's the next step? Like, how do we pitch the book? I mean, we built up a reader base, so we've proven the concept. But, of course, we don't have the distribution and everything of a publishing company. Yeah, we've, we've picked up projects that were previously published at other places, um, most famously the boys. Um, but from uh, exactly like what you're saying, um, whether it be uh, a Kickstarter from someone that's well known that then they need to distribute it to the direct market, we have a mechanism for that. Um, it depends. Any publisher that you're going to go to is going to ultimately say, "What what do we get out of it?" Because it's it's not just distributing a comic to the direct market for free, you know. Um, and that deal can work a million different ways. So be very, very careful of who you speak to and be very prepared to give something up and be very prepared to accept what that is, whatever that is, whether it's a piece of it, whether it's, I don't know what it is, you know, it can be a million different things. Mm -hmm. Oh, don't go ahead. No, I mean, for example, if you were to bring something creator own over to Valiant, it would no longer be yours. Right. It would be Valiant's. And, and we have kind of a mechanism to do creator-owned, uh, but it's not the same as like images, you know, and it's not the same as every company has their own way of doing creator-owned or company-shared or whatever you want to call it. So um, you can, you can f you know, you can find, and again, I think networking is, is a key way to find out from people that have done that, well, what was your, well, without going into numbers, you know, what was, the, what was the broad strokes of your deal, you know, and finding out that way. But congratulations on doing it. That's the first step right there. Just a fresh reminder to all of you who have social media, if you're hearing a great quote, share it with your community. Make sure you tag NYCC. Make sure you tag me. We have to get the word out that educational panels for professional level education is important. So you have to be part of that. So make sure you're, uh, you're feeding your social media feed with positive stuff. And these truth bombs, these are great truth bombs. So feel free to share them. It kind of turned into two questions. Uh, with the hundred, is that to be one bill or can I get like twenties, fives? I don't care. Oh, no, care? So it could be quarters? Sock full of quarters. Really? How about like five socks full of uh, pennies? All right. Uh, okay, back. That, that, that's going to be a lot of change. Uh, I, as a writer, I was always under the impression that it had to be 32 pages for the comic. Two years in, about four scripts later, found out the truth. 22 pages. Or that, 20. Or 20. Or 20, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, problem is, I've tried to shrink the scripts down and, you know, rewrote them. And uh, it's still at 27. It's still kind of, it's still kind of too damn long. So yeah. is there a way to deal with that or on, on your end, or should it just be me well, rewriting it? just pitch an outline first, yeah. and then the editor will make sure it's it's the right size. Yeah, I mean, if you're looking to, if you're looking to go in and take something you already um, you have already written and, and bring it down so that you can show it around. I, I take it as what you're. What you're well, it was my. It was like a first draft. Yeah. So at that point, I'm like, I'm just gonna. Okay, I could do this. You might be being too precious that. with it. You know. All um, right. There's there's nothing that can't be cut. Okay. Cool. Yeah. All right. No, that's what. Uh, that's that helps. So. You know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, cool. Thank you very much. So. 
you know, I, I, I Jimmy, but go ahead. If you're self-publishing, it can yeah. be whatever size yeah. you want it yeah. to be. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So true story. I was, I was uh, breaking in. I was doing my first script with Jimmy, or my second script, and we were working on Deadpool for Marvel. And it was, uh, Jimmy told me I had new writeritis, which is a very common disease. Uh, he took the script and he said, "Do a word count, cut it by fifty percent." And I was aghast. I couldn't believe that I had to cut this precious stuff. This is gold, uh, and yet it actually worked better with fifty percent less words. Jimmy, why did that work? Why did new writeritis result in fifty percent less words and a better outcome? Enthusiasm has a lot of noise, and um, it's just that it, too much type. People don't want to read it. It's like, the, it's just the, it's just the flow of a comic. It's, Unless it's Bendis. Know. Yeah, what's that? Unless it's Bendis. Unless it's, well, even still, he'll have pages, he'll, he'll have pages with nothing yeah. on it, right? And then all of a sudden it's, it's where, um, but you know, the artist gets mad when you cover the, all yeah. the art with word balloons. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't like it either. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's just, it's just that say what's going on. It, you have to allow the art to tell the story. And if you're going to do something, there was a famous panel, I'm not going to say by who, but it was, two characters walking under a tree and it was fall and it was a bird whistling, you know, it was a bird singing in a tree, right? And the one character's looking up and he goes, look at the bird, it's singing in a tree. The bird had a word balloon, it had a, a musical note coming out. It just kept going, like in this one panel and honestly the whole panel didn't need anything, right? Yeah, it's not novel. I mean, in a novel, right. that's that's where you're painting the scene without pictures, mm-hmm. you know, and Jimmy nailed it. I mean, yeah, the, it's the, one, yeah. you're, you're covering the page with, with balloons. Right. It's called a book. Yeah. yeah. If you want to just get rid of the art, right. or have a text, or have a text page. Well, yeah, the, text page. the art needs to speak for itself. The yeah. art should be the storyteller. And, and it's a co- I mean, you know, it's a, it's two people working together. Uh, you know, the artist and the writer. So I mean, they they, they need their own space. I, I think mm-hmm. it's it's important to note, and you see this um, actually. Not to keep on mentioning Tom King, but I just read read some of uh, just read the most. Are we rec- thinking on Tom? No, 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 no. Oh, okay. I'm just, I just read I just read the most recent issue of uh, Mr. Miracle, and there's a lot of silent pages, but they're still written. You know, and um, I'm not. I don't work with Tom. Haven't seen the scripts, but I can. You know, I, I've been in that that space to see what. But they're still written. It's not just you know blank page, nine panels. You know, so the, he's letting the artist tell that story without words. It's beautiful. I mean, it's it's the it's the ultimate in the collaborative process. You know, if you can convey it. Um, and I actually just recently read that that classic issue of GI Joe that's all silent, and that's it's 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 still a classic because it's brilliant and it was written. It's all silent, but it was still written. Buddy, so. don't feel bad because Kevin Smith's yeah. first comic had to be edited like crazy for Daredevil. We had to edit a lot, had to yeah. take a lot out. It was the best advice I had ever gotten, yeah. which was you know you can yeah. you can say more with less, and also yeah. to mm-hmm. think visually. I remember you have to solve the problem first visually, and then add text that doesn't. Repeat it, yeah. it enhances exactly. so you know, don't restate the obvious. Oh, we have another question. I have another question. Um, for writing, when they when they present you or they submit a script, do you guys prefer the um, regular way where it's panel one, this, this, this happens, panel two, this, this, this happens, or do you prefer the Marvel way where it's just like a more artistic side? And you have to earn, you have to earn, I think, the Marvel method. To some extent, um, full script. Full script. Yeah. Full script seems to be most mostly yeah. accepted nowadays. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I, I will say we've we've worked with Marvel Method is a shortcut. 
Um, and for people that don't know what Marvel Method is, it's, it's plot style. You know, there's no dialogue and leaves leaves some to the artist and, you know, depending on what it is. Well, there um, is dialogue, but you, yeah. you first start with plot right. and then it goes to the penciler and right. then the penciler pencils it and then the pencils go to the, back to the writer who then dialogues right. it. Right. So, but yeah, full script. All right, well, one, one last question. Oh boy. Uh, so one thing uh, that you hear a lot from editors is to always know uh, who you're pitching to and make sure that you're sending to the right people. Uh, I thought just because there are probably a lot of people in the room, uh, do you guys have uh, something that you kind of, you know, is, is your specialty, is something that you like to see uh, if someone is trying to submit something to you? Yeah, I'm not sure so, how to follow. I just want a good story. Yeah. I don't care about you know, whoever submits it. If you submit a good story, I'm going to hire you. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. All right. Thank you very much. Okay. So first, just a quick general round of applause for our editors who donated their time. The absolute best way to thank creators is to check out their work and buy their work. So if you guys feel like you enjoyed this, go check out some of the comic books that they have uh, created. So first, Joe, tell them where they can find you and what you're really excited about that's coming out next that you've edited. Oh my God. Um, you can't find me here, because uh, we're not exhibiting this year. Um, and actually, uh, oh God, it goes to press next week. I forget what that means when it goes in stores. There's a new uh, Greg Pak, uh, James Bond series that I'm very happy with. So I'd recommend checking that out. It's got an update. Uh, with the odd job character, because uh, our Bond stories are told in uh, current times, as opposed to, we also do adaptations, it's a little complicated, but I would, I would say check that out. I think it's in stores first week of November. Cool. And what's the social handles for Dynamite? I know that you're not personally on. Yeah, Dyna I, think it's, I think it's Dynamite, everything, dynamite.com, um, Twitter, Dynamite, uh, Facebook, Dynamite, com, uh, Dynamite Entertainment. Lisa, how about you? Where can they find you, and what are you really excited about that's coming out next okay. that you've edited? Um, well, Val, uh, Valiant's here, so go on upstairs. We're on the main floor. Find our booth. I will be doing portfolios tomorrow for any of our artists here from 11 to 12. So come on by and see me. Um, I am working on Faith Dreamside. I'm working on Britannia. Um, and I can't tell you, unfortunately, about the cool things I'm developing for next year because they told me I can't. But they're really cool. So check me out in a, year, in a couple of months. You're going to hear all about it. And where can they find you on social or Valiant? What's the best? Uh, oh yeah, social? you know, you find me on, on I'm on Facebook. Um, I'm on. You can always just reach out to Valiant. You can find me on on the Valiant website. Jimmy, in 30 minutes or less, what do you have that's coming up? <laughs> Having a good time. There's some wristwatches and Amanda has a watch in the Invicta booth upstairs. Mm -hmm. Four 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 is the booth. Amanda designed the Harley Quinn watch, so they have that up yeah, there. Check that out. We'll be signing there. And I think I have a signing tomorrow for the uh, Marvel Knights anniversary, twentieth anniversary signing tomorrow at ten thirty with Joe Casado and a bunch of the guys nice. that nice. did the Marvel Knights book. So and, we'll be signing tomorrow morning. And and early. We, we did the intros earlier. Uh, we Joe is representing Dynamite. Lisa's representing Valiant. But pa tell them what Paper Films is. Well, Paper Films is just a company. It's it's uh, once in a while we put out some uh, create our own books. We uh, push our own work out there in multimedia stuff. So we do a lot of multimedia things and um, uh, we make a little noise. We're not we're not publishing as much as we should, but um, 
but we're definitely out there. And, and what are your social media handles? Just the, uh, my name and Paper Films, both on Twitter. Big round of applause for our editors. Thank you guys so much for coming.